It's time to unite for children. Hello and welcome to Unite for Children, UNICEF USA's official podcast. This is Justin Hemingway on the social team and I'm joined once again by Chanel. Hey everybody, how's it going? We're thrilled to have you back, Chanel, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me as always. So on the show before, we've talked about the idea of the louder emergencies, your conflicts, your natural disasters, stories that get a lot of news coverage, but then there are the silent emergencies, chronic issues that don't necessarily get the spotlight but are still a grave threat to children around the world. And our topic today, nutrition, and specifically the malnutrition crisis facing children, is truly a pervasive one. Tens of millions of children are facing malnutrition. You're looking at nearly one in four stunted around the world. Malnutrition is an issue that affects every country in the world. And so today, our guest is really focused on fighting malnutrition and obesity and making sure the kids are healthier. Yeah, we're really excited to have Pal Gasol with us here today. Many of you know him on the basketball court as an NBA player, but here we know him as a UNICEF ambassador. We also had the chance to catch up with him in the streets of Barcelona, and that's just a great example of his commitment to UNICEF and all the work that we're doing together to address childhood nutrition and malnutrition, obesity issues, a lot of these issues that are, like you said, silent things. And last but not least, we're really excited to announce his new role with UNICEF. So stay tuned. We'll let him tell you about it right now. Super, super excited to have Pau Gasol with us today. For those that do know of him, you know him on the court, being an amazing NBA player, but us here at the UNICEF family know him as our UNICEF ambassador. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pau. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to be celebrating with you because we know that you recently received a new appointment from UNICEF. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Well, I'm thrilled that the UNICEF has named me Global Champion for Nutrition and Zero Childhood Obesity. I'm super excited because malnutrition and childhood obesity are global pandemics. The numbers are, are staggering and you know, I think it's around 42 million children worldwide. There are obese and then 149 million children are stunted. So if children don't receive the right nutrients, they cannot grow to their potential, they cannot grow well and thrive and grow up as, as uh, healthy adults. So, mm-hmm. so I'm just excited to be working uh, alongside UNICEF and through, through our foundation to ensure that every child has access to proper nutrition and that are empowered to grow healthy and happy. Uh, like I said, it's really an exciting role, great opportunity, and I'm very happy to, uh, to, uh, to start soon and continue to do the work. Amazing. And, and we absolutely agree. And I think especially for you, having such an incredible platform to use this for good is amazing. And I think even for some folks that might be listening in, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you first got involved with UNICEF. Well, I first got involved with UNICEF in 2003 when I, I realized a light bulb kind of came on and I realized my success as a basketball player could be beneficial. In ways that I didn't imagine before and that I could channel that success towards the benefit of children and, and raising awareness for children around the world. And what a better organization to, to do that with a UNICEF. 
So that's when I started. I've uh, obviously done a few few trips to the field, and I've been to different different countries with UNICEF along the years. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been an incredible, rewarding relationship and experiences. That's awesome, and I know it's been quite some time. How would you say that your connection? to our work has evolved over all of this time well it's been as you said it has evolved every experience has made me more knowledgeable has made me grown as a human being you get to get in touch with realities of people of human beings that are extremely very difficult to picture and imagine because of how lucky we are of living in a world so, so privileged right yeah but for a lot of people, it's not the case. So to, to bring awareness, to visit those countries, especially those children, the most vulnerable in need, and bring awareness, bring help, give them a better chance to, to survive, to go forward, to get an education, to grow healthy. It's truly, you know, to me, very, very meaningful and important. I mean, it fulfills me as a, as a human being. That's amazing. And we're super grateful and proud to have you as a part of Team UNICEF because I think that's so important. So through the Gasol Foundation, I know you and your brother have focused like for years on helping to reduce childhood obesity rates. What are the most effective interventions and why does this issue resonate with you like personally? Well, you know, tackling childhood obesity takes a huge and big coordinated effort and approach. You know, it requires the commitment and involvement at all levels of government, schools, media, healthcare, professionals, the food industry, and also community programs. So when we funded the foundation in 2013, we recognized how childhood obesity was becoming a bigger and bigger issue, a bigger and bigger problem, and we needed to address it. And we, we were at the point that we wanted to do something together. So we, we started the foundation and we decided we wanted to give children a better chance and empower them to live healthier lives. So mm-hmm. that's what we started in 2013, first in, in L.A. and in, in States, and then brought it to Barcelona and Spain. And uh, we've been you know, working hard at that because that's what we kind of uh, we grew up around. Our parents really instilled and shared those values to us when we were young how to you know be active and exercise how to eat well and eat balanced and understand the importance of eating fish and vegetables so the importance of having a meal without well before it was tv only now it's without technology yeah <laughs> consider and then having conversations and sharing situations mm-hmm. and being open with each other also how to get a routine and go to bed at a certain time and not watch tv until late, but go to bed and, and so we can get our rest and we can have a good day the next day. We could be alert in school and we could not be tired or antsy or stressed. So mm-hmm. all those all those things that we've learned through our parents and through our childhood is what we're trying to now share with the world, with the children yeah. out there that maybe don't have the luck we've had as, as, as children to have two, two parents that are in the medical field, one a doctor and mm-hmm. one a nurse uh, that were able to, and that were, you know, lucky enough to provide for us and, uh, and give us all this incredible knowledge. You know, so the challenges that we are, the, the children are facing today 
are different. They evolve, and you know, we just uh, we just want to make sure that children have the best chance all around the world and live fulfilled lives. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's so much that we might take for granted here in the U.S., and I think more often than not, people think about childhood obesity, and they might think specifically about the United States, but that what they may not realize is there's so many other issues that children around the world are facing related to childhood obesity and nutrition. How might you speak to that or kind of respond to somebody? Well, childhood obesity has become a global issue. It's not just an issue as back maybe 10, 20 years where mm-hmm. it was, oh, no, it's only, it only, it's only happening in the U.S. It, it, it's not, and it's happening globally and even, you know, in, in European countries that we're supposed to have oh, the healthiest diets, but it's not just diet, right? It's also about how much you exercise, how well you sleep. So it's all about different healthy habits. And children are getting more and more, I guess, sedentary. They're more distracted and stressed by the Mm -hmm. overload of information that technology provides. So those are challenges that that children in some of the best countries in the world are facing, and it's leading them towards an unhealthy life. So that's something that we're working on. And it's not just, again, it, it is... An issue in the States, you know, that we're working on and we're addressing. And and as I said earlier, it takes a collective effort to be able to tackle this and and change the curve or the direction of it. But we're excited. And and that's what we're trying to do because I think at the end of the day, we got to protect our our children's future. Absolutely. And I think you and your foundation have done an incredible job of that in L.A. and Spain, speaking on this, you know, globally. I think raising awareness and educating people is really the, the one of the main first steps to creating transformation. So we know that you've been on, and you referenced this earlier, a number of trips to the field with UNICEF. Yes. What were some of those universal needs or hopes, and, and what were some of the nutritional challenges that were facing kids in those countries? Well, in most of those countries, it was all about malnutrition you know, because of the situations, the, the drought of the Sahel and mm-hmm. when I went to Chad, the lack of, of food was creating a lot of severe malnutrition and a lot of children did not have enough to eat and mm-hmm. enough to food to put to be put in their mouths and so that was the refugees the refugee crisis the Syrian refugee crisis that I went when we went to Iraq and when we also went to Lebanon those families are also struggling for food and living in very extreme circumstances that the UNICEF and UNCR and other organizations are doing a great job to provide those families and those refugees with enough to continue to, to go forward and go on and keep their hope and their lives going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still, you know, there's still cases of malnutrition and there's and some families have a lot of mouths to feed. So it's, it's hard and they, they don't have most of them a regular job that they can bring income, so they're depending on NGOs to to survive. Also, in Bangladesh with the Rohingyas, with the circumstances of the camps and the conditions of the camps, uh, it's, it's very very difficult for them to you know to eat properly. And we went to and visit uh, one of the, the nutrition centers in mm-hmm. in Bangladesh to, in one of the camps to see how UNICEF provides help, service, and support for those families that, that have children in this situation, especially the ones in early stages. Uh, you know, they need their nutrients. They need to develop to create 
and enhance their immune system, but also for, for everything else in their body, right? Yeah. All the vital functions. So they're tough realities, but you see the work, how much it does, how it pays off, the impact that it has, the chance that it's given uh, mm-hmm. to these families and these people. So the importance of it, right? It's, uh, it's very powerful stuff. And you know, yeah. I'm always touched every time that I've been able to experience in, in my own hands this yeah. uh, this realities. Absolutely. And I think having the opportunity to travel to the field and see that firsthand is huge. You know, we have people tuning in that are listening and they may not have the opportunity to be in the field and to see UNICEF's work firsthand. But I think sharing those stories really means a lot because it almost, in a sense, takes the field to them. And so would you say that there are any stories of children that you've met that you would like to share? Yes, as an ambassador, you know, I feel I have that responsibility to go on the field and be able to share those stories and live those realities. Because otherwise, you can hear them, and it's good to to, to, to hear them, but it's obviously, and not everyone has that chance to go to the field and, yeah. and see the, these realities. So that's kind of part of my role, right? Mm-hmm. To share those moments, those people's lives and situations to the rest of the world or whoever wants to listen, <laughs> as I like to just yeah. say, which I think is everyone's hopefully wish and, and it's to a certain degree responsibility to, to be knowledgeable about what, what goes on, not just in their home or their community, but in the world. Because it, it gives you perspective. And it really, Absolutely. It really, it really does. So, as I said, for instance, in our last trip in Bangladesh, we went to a refugee camp in Jamtoli in, in Cox's Bazaar. And I talked to, uh, in one of those centers, in one of the health nutrition centers, I talked to two parents. One of them, I remember, his name was Anayet, and he was about 35 years old. He had three kids. And so and he was there. He had been there for a year. So he was taking his youngest son to the center to get him weighted, to get him measured, and to get uh, the proper nutrients for, mm-hmm. for his child in order for the child to go forward and have a chance and overcome the malnutrition uh, that he was going through. And mm-hmm. most of those cases are severe malnutrition. So you, you see those kids really struggling and fighting for their life and more vulnerable, more delicate. Sometimes they, they get a symptom is that they get inflammation on their yeah. limbs. And yeah. that's one of the symptoms where they press on their top of the feet usually and see if it sinks because of the edema, the, the mm. inflammation. So you don't want to see that. And they chart everything at this center. So you see the progress of the child. And it's great to see how children just grow out of the malnutrition stage and they become stronger and healthier. So that was one of the stories I think that was very the most recent one that I, that yeah. I had in, my, in our last trip to the field. Yeah, and it sounds as though it's not just like a one-and-done intervention. It seems as though the services being provided to that family were a mixture of educating and continuing to check in and check on the progress of the child, but also working with the parents to create like a sustainable nutrition plan is that correct that's correct yeah no obviously the parents appreciate that those possibilities to be there for them uh, and provided a, and you know probably the, probably the hardest thing that they've gone through right imagining having to flee your country because yeah. of the violence because people are getting killed and you have witnessed that and you probably lost people that you love you left them behind but you're trying to save your own family right and now you find yourself in a refugee camp in bangladesh where 
there's terrible rains in the summer with the monsoon mm -hmm. and you don't know what's going to happen next day and you don't know what, when you're going to be able to, if you're ever going to be yeah. able to go back to your home or to your home country. So wow. the, the level of desperation and I feel in a way that I would feel this type of services, this type of centers where, where they're provided with care, true care for themselves, for their children, for their families, they're critical for them yeah. for, to, to have hope, to, to stay strong, to keep believing that things are going to get better. So, so yeah, the, the work and unfortunately the situations prolong themselves. You don't know when the conflict is going to resolve because they're tragic. They're literally tragic uh, yeah. humanitarian situations. But do you, do you see people working and sticking together and finding a way? And, yeah, and, it takes a village, right? Up. It does. It, it, it takes does. A, a community and collective effort. Absolutely. And I think to, you know, as we wrap up for our listeners, how would you like to see them getting involved in this fight to improve childhood nutrition and childhood obesity in their communities and even around the world? Well, I would like them to get informed. As I said earlier, I think you, you can't help if you don't know. So I would really encourage them to get informed, to also be an example for, for their kids at home. For any child, for any son, for any daughter, their parents are their role models. They're the people that they love the most and will always love the most. So to understand the importance of their actions at home, you know, as I said earlier, and, and yeah. how my parents instilled such important values and habits to us that gave us a foundation to become healthy adults and happy adults. Uh, I think that's Absolutely. that's very important. And again, just how to get involved with initiatives, with causes that are important to you, to yeah. that touch your heart in a, in a special way. To know that there are a lot of people out there that no matter probably who, who you are, what you're going through, they're in a much worse shape that you are and they, they mm -hmm. need your they they need your care they need your help they need your involvement absolutely and so to research and, and, and be proactive and get involved you know with whatever it is it doesn't you know for some people it's elderly for some people it's children for some people there's there's a lot of things unfortunately going on out there yeah. and that it would go a long way even if you just dedicate your 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 time yourself Whatever you can uh, contribute with, I, I think, is very highly appreciated. Absolutely. And, and Pal, we really appreciate you. You know, we know this is off-season by the term. Mm -hmm. However, we know it's very much not been an off-season yes. for you. And you are constantly moving and going and doing for others. And we're just mm -hmm. grateful to have you in the UNICEF family. So thank you so much well, for your time. I am grateful to be part of the UNICEF family. And I hope to be for many, many more years. <laughs> All right, so you just heard from Pow. It's time to speak out about the issues that resonate with you, to be a role model, to step up, and this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Yeah, and I think that actions certainly speak louder than those words. And with Pow, he's not only just talking about these things, he's doing them. And so I really challenge you all to take action. In our show notes, we'll have some simple ways that you can reach out to your local representatives, let them know why it's super important for us to put childhood and maternal nutrition and health and awareness and obesity and all the issues tied to all of that that kids are facing first and ultimately you have the ability to influence that change yourself so 
Thank you so much, guys, for all of your support in advance. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And as always, you can sign up to become a UNICEF Unite member, get more involved. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. So you can let us know via an iTunes review or just a quick shout out on social media. So with that, thank you so much, Chanel, for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.